Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on enlarging your territory. Increase came and growth came, and I saw people's dreams and visions enlarge. I've seen assignments on families increase, and things change as we've increased over the last few years. And I want to talk about again today because I think that the increase of his government knows no end. And so we are supposed to be people who are always enlarging. We don't just get to a place of increase and then stop, okay? We find the borders of what he's called us to, and we get our dreams and our vision, and then we move forward. Don't let me get too far ahead of myself here. Let's go to Isaiah 54. You have to excuse me a little bit. Somehow I'm sitting at my... Papa's house the other night, and I'm absolutely fine, and then all of a sudden, I just start sneezing my head off, and I've just been that way ever since. Just all of a sudden, bam. I never had something hit me like that before. So, could be allergies. Maybe all of a sudden, I'm allergic to dogs. We'll go with that. Isaiah 54. I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. Increase is coming. So enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. You will increase and spread out in every direction. Your sons and daughters will conquer nations and revitalize desolate cities. Do not fear, for your shame is no more. Do not be embarrassed, for you will not be disgraced. You will forget the inadequacy you felt in your youth and will no longer remember the shame of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. His name is Yahweh, commander of the angel armies, your kinsman redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He has the title, Mighty God of all the earth. Uh, our friend, Pastor Lazaro from Guatemala. You know Pastor Lazaro, don't you? You remember him? Pastor Lazaro from Guatemala came and visited the States, and we had him in our home early, early, early in this process of planting a church. And he, in our home, put a scripture on our refrigerator, and it was this scripture, Isaiah 54, that we should prepare Because increase is coming and we should enlarge our tent and add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. Look at Psalm 16, 5 through 6. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. So God supports my lot. The lines have fallen to me in favorable places, okay? So our lines are falling to us in favorable places. Our land looks good. Look at it in the New English translation. Lord, you give me stability and prosperity. You make my future secure. It is if I have been given fertile fields or received a beautiful tract of land. So... We've been given a beautiful tract of land. 
we're fearfully and wonderfully made and created. And I believe that God has put everything in us to cultivate and to tend to and to produce in the plot that he's given us. He has a call. He has a mandate. He has a purpose for our life. And it fits within the parameters of what he's established for us. We all have a territory. Within that territory is our family and our ministry and whatever God has called us to do. And he's put that territory out for us. And he's calling us. What's amazing to me is when we get a vision of our territory and we think about our territory and we plan about our territory and we think we know who we are and we think we know the limitations of what God wants to do in our life, he comes back in and he just expands the territory. He enlarges the territory. It's always increasing. I want to get to that in just a minute, but I really kind of read through this fast. Anybody ever read through some parts fast in the Bible? Just me? Anybody else read through things fast in the Bible? So, I love that. Increase is coming. Enlarge your tent. Spread it out. Your sons and daughters. Blah, and then... And then, especially in the King James Version, that verse 4, I usually just read through so fast. Do not fear for your shame is no more. Do not be embarrassed for you not be disgraced. You will forget the inadequacy you felt in your youth. You will no longer remember the shame of your widowhood. I'm like, I'm not a widow, right? And so I just go through that real fast. Your maker is your husband. Uh, his name is Yahweh. Commander of the angels, armors, kinsmen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Enlarge my territory, right? I don't know about all that other stuff. But it's not good to read fast through stuff because it's all there for a reason. And so when we look at verse 4 and verse 5, if you study that and look at that, the shame that we're talking about is the shame when they were in Egyptian bondage. The shame of their youth is when they messed up and they ended up in bondage. And then the widowhood is when they're in Babylonian captivity and they... Their husband has left them to their own choices and their own devices, and they find themselves in captivity because they disobeyed God. And he said, look, man, when you were young, you didn't do what I told you. You ended up in bondage, right? You didn't do what I told you. You ended up a widower because you refused to be my bride. And so you got to forget those times. And I just, when we talk about enlarging and expanding... I think some of us don't get excited about it because this is like what we think we're created for. But some of us, over the time, over the years, have let our mistakes and our bondage and our times of failure and our times of being a widow because we rejected the bride, to be the bride, we're actually in this. So we're, we're here and we're talking about expanding and we're talking about enlarging and everybody's talking about growing and doing more than what you even imagined or even what you thought. And we're over here just like, not only can I not do that, I, I don't even, can't even do what I'm actually purposed to do. What I actually feel like God created me to do. You don't understand where I'm at. You're talking about increase. You're talking about enlargement. And I'm so stuck that I can't do anything. Philip, come here real quick and put cones back out on those four corners. 
So not only do, are we not in position to expand our borders, we're not even approaching our borders. We're so far inside of our borders, we haven't explored them in so long. We haven't lived even close to the fulfillment. <laughs> so not only do we not have vision to expand, we don't even have vision to get out. I'm reminded of a story of... Um, I think it was a bear. I don't remember what exact animal it was. It was a bear or a lion that was in a cage, and, and these people protested the captivity of this animal, and they protested and protested and protested, and they eventually, it's a true story, they eventually um, protested enough that they were able to get this animal released back into the wild. And so this animal had been in a, like, 10 foot by 8 foot pen for so long and would just walk back and forth every day constantly walk back and forth so when they opened the cage and let this animal go I think it was a bear the bear just stepped out of the cage and just started going back and forth he was captive in his mind they released him in open plains where he had unlimited uh, freedom and could explore territory and could go miles and miles and miles a day like bears are supposed to do. Yet he came out and just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The sad part about that animal, they ended up having to euthanize. Thought it was the most humane thing was just to euthanize that bear because there was no hope of that bear ever living a life. Some of us are just waiting for that end. Yeah. We're just living in a time of just going through the motions, going through the processes, going through smiling, letting everybody look at us and, you know, but we have absolutely no hope and no thoughts about truly even getting back to what we were created to possess. Never mind expanding and enlarging. We can't even get back. I was reminded of, in Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son. He asked his dad for his inheritance, and he went to a foreign land, and he partied hard, and he spent all of his money. And when he spent all of his money, all his friends decided he wasn't cool anymore, right? And so they didn't want to hang out with him anymore. So he finds himself working for a pig farmer feeding pigs. And so while he's in this pig pen feeding pigs, the Bible says that he came to himself. Some translations say that he came to his senses or he had a thought in his mind that if he would just go home, he could become a slave. Okay? And he could eat. Now, see... I believe that he's in this place of shame and guilt like the, Egypt, like the Israelites were in Egypt, right? And he starts having thoughts about going back. But do you know that even the plans that we had in the beginning, as his government continues to increase and enlarge, those are not even the plans anymore. So when we come to ourselves in this area and we say, man, if I could just go back to where I was 
and live in that state, that state is now less than what you're supposed to live in. So he said, if I could just go back and live in my father's house as a slave, then it'll be better than this. So what, what the prodigal son is saying is, you know, God's got all those plans for me, but if I could just go back to my dad's, I can expand my current situation. It's nowhere in what I'm really supposed to be, but it's better than where I'm at. Right. And so many people in their relationship with God and in their faith are just trying to better their situation a little better than where they were. I wish some people would really get it in their heart to pursue the heart of God and be all that he's given them to be and all that he created them to be. And I wish people would start exploring the borders that he's given to them. I wish that we would find it by faith that the borderlines have fallen favorably for us. And I wish by faith and, and trust in the goodness of God that we would get out here and we would start just taking some steps of faith and just start expanding a little bit. Start increasing a little bit. By faith, we would just start pushing back a little bit. Not just sitting in and trying to just push it to where now we're a slave. You know, you can go back to the Father's house. I saw this years ago, you know, of myself and of other people. You know, we literally go back to the Father's house and we turn our bedroom into a pig pen. You can go into a room that's meant for a son, but because you're so used to living in a pig pen, you actually just go there and make it a pig pen. So you're in the father's house, you have all the inheritance of a son, but you literally, you walk in your room, it looks just like a pig pen. So many times as believers, we're sons and daughters of God. We're supposed to be living fulfilled promise. People are supposed to be looking at our life. So it's a sign and a wonder. And they look at our lives and it looks like a pig pen. We look like pig farmers when we're supposed to be royalty. And somehow we've corrupted the plan God has for us and we've adapted it to where we are in our mind. And I had this thought about the prodigal son. You know, he came to his senses, it says, and he said, I'll go home. So it's great to come to your senses. I think coming to your senses is when you're living a life of destruction and you say, hey, I don't want to live a life of destruction. I should better my life. I should stop doing these destructive things. And so maybe I could get in church, and maybe church could help. Maybe religion could help. Maybe some rules could help. If I could find some rules that would help put some parameters on my life, then maybe that would help me. That's coming to our senses, okay? We're coming to our senses. You know, we've always said it like, man, it was a miracle. He was in the pig pen, and the Holy Spirit just came and gave him right thoughts. I don't think he's having right thoughts yet. I think he's just having thoughts about not being in a pig pen. He's not having thoughts about being a son. A lot of people are having thoughts about not being in a pig pen, but very few people are having thoughts about being sons and being daughters. And so we end up being, living in a pig pen in the father's house. It's such a waste of a perfectly good room. 
So he says he came to his senses. <laughs> this wrecks me. See, we can come to our senses about God. We can have thoughts about God. We can have ideas about God. We can know that somehow following God will be better than what we're doing. We can know that. But something happens. <laughs> With all your plans to come to God and to do better, to get back at man, if I had a nickel for every time somebody saw me and because they know I'm a preacher, the first thing they tell me is, I know, I know, I need to get back in church. Like that's the miracle thing. But we have all these ideas about God and we're going to go to him, right? And we're going to show up on Sunday. And all I'm asking God for is for you guys to get a revelation when you come here on Sunday. When we come in here with all our plans of doing better and living better and following the rules, I hope every time you come into this building, you see him running to you. And it just wrecks every thought you had about how you were going to do better and how you were going to impress him and how you had your speech all prepared and all your excuses ready. And you were going to convince God to give you a little bit of whatever. And all that just gets tossed to the side when you just come to him ready to con him, ready to manipulate him, ready to try to convince him that you're worthy of just slavery. And he comes running to you. Yeah. <laughs> he said, hey, get the ring, get the robe, let's put it on him. We have to have a revelation of the Father that he's running to us. Expansion came. I don't know what robe he wore before he left. But the Father said, get the best robe and put on him. So increase came through this situation. I mean, he expected to be a slave. He did not go back to where he was. He increased in favor. He didn't get his old robe. He got the best robe. Right? He didn't just go back to where he was. It increased. You know, where sin abounds, much more grace abounds. Pastor Tom at New Hope, he had this amazing analogy, and it just changed my thoughts about the grace of God forever. But where sin abounds, and that force is pressing in, right? And it's trying to restrict, and it's trying to make your life small, and it's trying to suffocate you out, and Python is trying to squeeze the breath out of you. Where sin abounds, and it makes life small, grace much more abounds. Grace doesn't meet sin with a proportionate equal pushback. Grace much more abounds. So wherever you were before, God's plan is not to get you back to there. God's plan is to come in with a force of grace and blow wide open the parameters of what you were living in before. He wants to expand and enlarge and increase. I love Ephesians chapter 3. I don't know who needs to hear that, but that was, that, that was, I just got stuck there this week. I just got stuck there with where I wanted to go today, and I just kept just hovering right there. I could not get away from this restricted, limited, hopeless existence. And I believe many of you are living in this 
restricted, limited. You feel like you've done so much wrong. All the, all the Israelites wanted was to get out of Egypt. They weren't thinking about a land flowing with milk and honey. Their goal was just not to get beat every day. Some of you just want to quit getting beat every day. Some of you just want to get rid of the slave labor that you're doing every day. Some of you want to quit trying to make bricks without much straw. Some of you are work, 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 trying to accomplish some type of fulfillment, and all at the end of the day, you've got a pile of mud, and you were supposed to make bricks. And your life keeps coming up short, and you don't know why. And you think, if I can just get out of Egypt, I'll be free. God does not just want to get you out of Egypt. God wants to get you into promise. The plan was never just to get them out of Egypt. The plan is never for us to get by by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin, by the skin of our teeth. God is a God of increase and abundance and overflow. I love this, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. You guys look there. I'll figure out how I'm going to do this. I know how I'm going to do it. Thank you, Lord. It's how I'm going to do everything. You know how I'm going to do everything? I'm going to get help. That's what the Lord told me. Get help. Ephesians 3, 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every, every family in heaven on, and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all fullness of God. I love this because... I mean, Paul is like saying, I would that you would somehow, through being rooted and grounded in Christ, through this intimate relationship with him, through really just knowing him and this discovery and all these things, I would that you would know and come to discover how much God has for you. I would that you begin to know and see that your life is not limited. I want you to explore the borders. I want you to know the height. I want you to know the depth. I want you to know the length and the width. I want you to know how much space God has planned for you and what he has for you. And so Paul's praying that, and I can just see as Paul's praying that, if God is just answering Paul's prayer, right? And so the people are sitting there, and Paul's praying for them, and so while Paul's praying for him, if you could just see in the spirit, okay? Everyone in the room, Paul's praying for him. Everyone in the room gets this picture. Like if I could pray right now, God, let, every, let, let these folks see the height and the depth and the width and the length. Let them see the vastness of your plans for them. Let them see how large you want to increase them. Let them see how much you want their family to impact the earth. 
Let them see what you've put in them and how they've created them. Okay, so just get that. What if every person, like, it's just miraculous. Everyone in the room's like, oh my goodness. I just saw the height, the depth, the width, the length. I just saw it all in a snapshot. Wouldn't that be glorious? I've got just this ultimate revelation now of the heart of God for my life, and I'm ready to move forward. This is wonderful. And then Paul concludes his prayer. Now to him who is able to make them forget completely what they just understood and do abundantly abundantly beyond all that we ask, think, or even imagine according to the power that works within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to generations forever and ever. So they get it all, and they're so excited. I can just see the whole church being so excited. And then Paul says, now to him who's able to do more than they just thought they knew. Amen. It's It's just ever increasing and ever Enlarging. Look at Lamentations 3, 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. This is like, Pastor Tom Day, I guess, because I'm going to reference something else Pastor Tom said. I love Pastor Tom's definition of mercy. God's refusal to leave me the way that I am. I I was reminded uh, studying of a song. Anybody ever heard the song, Mercy Said No? Such a powerful song. Uh, Mercy Said No. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said no. Sin will never take control. When life and death stood face to face and darkness tried to hide the light of day, mercy said no. But that first part of that, mercy said no. Sin will never take control. And then it says... He will never let you slip away. And I just kept hearing it like this. He will never let you stay that way. Mercy said no. His refusal to leave you where you are is new every day. We should be people who are waking up in the morning, putting our work gloves on, and just before we do anything else, just go ahead and pull the stakes up. And let mercy tell you where to put them back in the ground. We should be looking for expansion. We should be looking for the heart of God that never wants us to stay within the parameters of yesterday. Every morning when we wake up. He's enlarging and he's increasing us. And he's expanding us. And so mercies are new every day. The lines are moving every day. The border is growing every day. Psalm 115, 14. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Joshua chapter 1. This is a verse that I read when I came to this church. And 
you guys were trying to decide if you were going to have me here as pastor. And I read this verse. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, you know, my dad had just died. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You know, I believe the mandate was to go forward and take possession of promise. I believe I came here to go forward into all that God had promised this place, this house, this church to be. I'm supposed to come and lead us to that. But I love at the end of this passage where it says in verse 5, no, verse 6, I'm sorry, be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So it's not just about a church. Whenever we're leading a group of people, it's about the people getting possession yeah. of the land yeah. that they were supposed to have possession of. Yeah. You know, in our, one of our first Teruwa camps for teenagers, I think it was a 13-year-old young man was in the camp, and we had them at a time of seeing and hearing and listening to the Holy Spirit. We had them ask the Holy Spirit, what is the call what is the mandate? What is my family on the earth to accomplish? 13-year-olds. One of the 13-year-olds saw a picture of a pickup truck full of Bibles in the back. And him and his father and his family were driving this truck around distributing these Bibles to people. And he said, I believe... My family are, is supposed to be carriers of the gospel. And we're supposed to distribute the gospel, and we're supposed to spread the gospel all over the world. I think the truck was in a foreign place. I don't remember that part, do you? And then we asked them, what do you think is keeping your family from fulfilling the mandate you saw on your family? And so this young man said, we asked that all up front, right? They just went and got all these different answers. So he said, this is the mandate, and I think the reason we're not accomplishing it is because of the love of money. 13 years old. We're called to spread the gospel around the world, but we're not accomplishing that as a family because our family loves money and pursues money. I believe what God wants to do is so 
interconnected in families. When's the last time you asked your 13-year-old, what do you think our family is on the planet to accomplish? What are we doing together as families? We do our thing, they do their thing, we're totally disconnected, we're totally segregated, we're totally apart from each other, we totally have such immediate goals and, and, and we just want our kids to focus on getting good grades, getting through school, whatever it is. But they, there's more locked up in them that defines your family than that. And I believe we can't come to a place of agreement as a family without the input of our children. God speaks to them. God leads them. God directs them. What would it mean if your family together explored the borders of what y'all are supposed to accomplish together? And decided we're not only going to accomplish all of this, but we're going to, by faith, just keep pushing the borders. You know, it says everywhere that your footsteps will be yours. That gives us a license to expand. That's great. I give you all this, and then anywhere else you think you're froggy enough to step on, go get it. We should be able to expand, and we should be able to enlarge our territory. I love Psalms 18, 36 says, you enlarge my steps under me and my feet have not slipped. I love that picture that he says, everywhere our steps are is ours. And then it says he enlarges our steps under us. So can you see that? Like you're over here like, man, I just don't know. And you're trying to take a little step. And then all of a sudden your foot is like cartoon size, you know, it just (laughs) comes out of your shoe and steps down. Whatever you have a mustard seed of faith to increase an inch, he'll end up expanding it a mile. Whatever you'll just push a little bit on the borders, that grace of God that much more abounds will come and push back with force the borders that try to restrict and restrain your family. I love this. uh, See if I can find this real quick. In Deuteronomy 19... 8 and 9, it says, If the Lord your God enlarges your territory just as he has sworn to your fathers and gives you all the land which he promised to give your fathers, okay, let's just hypothetically, if he does what he says he's going to do, right? If you carefully observe all his commandment which I have commanded you today to love your God, to walk in his ways, you shall add more, you shall add three more cities for yourself besides these three. So if God does everything he said he was going to do, fulfills all your promises, go back to Ephesians, wow, I just now discovered the height and the depth and the expanse of God. He did everything he said he was going to do. He showed me dreams and promises and plans. He's amazing. And if you'll walk in what he's promised you to walk in, you'll get three more cities. If you'll enlarge, if you'll let him enlarge you, if you'll let him take you into the fullness of what he's created you to walk in, you'll find the borders expanding. But when we shrink back, we've just got territory. We've got families 
I don't have enough cones for this, but we've got families that have these borders laid out for their family. And we've got multiple people in the family, in their little pens, inside these parameters. I mean, everyone just has found their place of bondage and shame and guilt. They can't get past it. He says, enlarge your territory. And then he says, I'm going to take away the memory of that shame and that place of your youth. Because you can enlarge your tent pegs, but if you stay in a place of bondage, you've just enlarged your tent pegs. You're still at a place of bondage. He says, I'm going to take that away from you, that captivity away from you. So we got families living in all these places. In our church, I believe we have borders. I believe there's a mandate in our church that has borders, and I believe our borders are large. I believe our, our church is supposed to touch the nations. So our borders are so unlimited. But I think inside of the mandate on our church, we've got families. And you just keep seeing cross-sections of our body. We've got families that are, that are what's the word, reduced down. They're each one in bondage of their own, and then you can fit their whole family in this square right here. And so our families are supposed to help make up our church, and our families are supposed to be pressing the limits of their borders and expanding and enlarging, and then all of us are coming together, and the borders of our church are enlarging and expanding, but we've got people restricted, and we've got families restricted, and it makes our church restricted. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves being a body of believers that just keeps reducing and comes down to one that that makes no impact on the world around us. We have to all enlarge. Enlarge. We have to take off where we're at. We have to take off the parameters that have been restricted and and lacking and, and small and suffocating. We've got to get back to a place where we're dreaming about what we're created for. We've got to get back to a place where we believe God will do what he said he's going to do. We believe God will use us the way he said that he will use us. And forget about the fact that you messed up and you were in Egypt. Forget about the fact that you wasted a lot of years. He's going to restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. We can't sit in the past. We can't sit in these places of captivity and bondage in our mind. We've got to be free. And I believe we've got to be families made up of free people that are coming together and saying, hey, let's dream. Let's dream about our family. Let's talk about our family. What could our family do? How could our family change? What are some things that we could do to have a greater impact on the world around us as a family? What's the Holy Spirit saying about our family? What has God called our family to do? What can we partner to do together? And we'll see these in families enlarging and increasing. And we'll see our body enlarge and increase. And we'll expand our territory. Everybody stand with me if you will.
When's the last time you saw the borders? When's the last time you even got a glimpse of the peripheral? When's the last time you had a big dream that seems almost outside of what the realm of possibility for your life? That dream is somewhere inside the parameters. Because God wants to do something you can't even think about or dream about. So those big dreams you've had are somewhere inside the parameters. When's the last time you thought about more than just immediately how I get through the day or the week or the month or the year? It's time to think bigger. It's time to think larger. It's time to expand our thought process. It's time to not try to figure out how to get out of the pig pen into slavery. Let's figure out how to get out of the pig pen and be a son or a daughter. Can you see the father running to you today? Wanting to take you into the fields of increase. Wanting to take you past the borders of your current situation. Wanting to take you by the hand and say, man, you had not seen this in a long time. Let me show you something over here. Let me show you something over here. I put this in you before you were ever born. I put this in your heart. I put everything you need to accomplish this before you're born, and it's not even entered your mind for 20 years now. But it's still in my mind, and it's still in my heart, and I still want to see you accomplish it. I want to see you. I want to see the smile on your face when you realize the fulfillment of this dream fulfilled. It's in my heart. This may not make sense, but I just, I believe the prodigal son opened the gate of the pig pen by himself. Okay? But that was led into slavery. But the door into sonship could only be opened by his father. Some of you guys have opened the door yourself out of the pig pen into slavery. But you need to see today that when you think you're opening the door to him, you'll find that he's already flung his door wide open to you. Come on out of slavery today. Come into sonship today. Come in to being a daughter today. We're going to have prayer team come in just a minute. Give folks an opportunity to pray. I feel like some people need to pray today. And be prayed over today. Be agreed with today. But real quick, if you could hand those out. We've made some slips. Little forms. Wanted to put those in the chairs. And this week didn't happen. They're going to hand those out if everyone can get one of these forms.
Before we leave today, we'll just put a uh, we'll just put a bucket at the door or something. Somebody, if we can get one, that'd be great. You can drop this in there. I told you guys last week that we're going to get this building prepared for more by Easter, which is April the 12th this year. Last week we had 56 days. This week I guess we've got 49 days. 49 days left. We've estimated, and we've got some more estimates out now. We're waiting on a few different areas to give us estimates, but it is looking like it's going to be between fifty and sixty thousand dollars to get all the bathrooms moved and everything done that needs to get done. And so we're trying to accomplish that between now and Easter. We're going to move forward with that. If we have to get financing in the interim time to get it started, we will. But we believe that everything we need for this increase is here. I believe everything we need for this increase. I know there's going to be things that there's going to be more building. There's going to be more expanding. There's going to be more enlargement. And I know at some point we may extend past the limitations of what's in our building. And we may have to, to enlarge. We may have to take out a loan. We may have to do whatever it takes temporarily. But I believe, and many believe with me, that this immediate need to expand this facility the way it is now to house 300 people in this room and to have our bathrooms expanded we believe that's in this place in this place and so we're asking you you see it on the card you as a family if you would covenant with us and pledge with us let me see one just read it just says make more room. If you'll remember last year when we did the chairs and we did the carpet, we called by all means make room. So this year it's make more room. As a step of faith and agreement, aligning our financial resources with the vision and mission of Redemption Life Church, our family will give by April 12, 2020 and there were boxes but somehow it didn't translate in the email. So just you can put a check in front of whatever amount there that you would like to do and other you can write it in there if you'll please give your name your phone and your email and drop these in today before you leave if you need to take it and pray about it turn it in next week that's fine whatever you need to do but we're believing God that what we need is here and we're supposed to move forward and get this accomplished I want to see more lives be able to get in here and enlarge. I want to see more lives expand. We're going to announce to you next week our campaign for five weeks leading up to Easter and how we plan to increase and get more people here by Easter. So you guys will help us with that, split up in teams and have a little friendly competition. And we'll let you know about that next week. Prayer team, would you come? I 
I know, I know, I know. I know. I know just because I know. I know because I know what it's like when the Holy Spirit deals with me on a certain area or a certain thing. I know that there are several, if not many, today that the part about living in a past failure and not being able to have hope for your future pertains to you. Being stuck in some past place of captivity or bondage and living in shame and guilt and condemnation about that has caused you to quit dreaming and quit having vision for your future. Not only do you not expect to increase, you don't even know how you can accomplish what you thought you were supposed to accomplish. God wants you to accomplish more than you thought you were supposed to accomplish. But some of us can't even have faith to be what we thought he made us to be. Because we think we've already done too much. And we've already messed up too bad. And we've already disqualified ourselves. And today, I curse that lie. I break the back of that lie. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. See the Father running to you down the road. See the Father opening the door to you. See the Father putting a robe on you and a ring on you. You're not coming into slavery. You're not coming into some second-class citizen. You're not coming into, you know, I'll come to church, but I'll always be the guy who's less than. I'll always be the girl who's less than. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. You are the apple of his eye. And he's faithful to accomplish all that he's put in you to accomplish. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.